In this country, we believe that there should be freedom for all, even though not all of us believe in it. Join Tom and Chase as they explore politics, economics, and everything else that threatens your individual liberty. This is The Briefing Podcast. Okay, we are live. Free for all, episode eight. Yeah, what's up, guys? Um, I started taking notes for this week's show, I think, on Tuesday, and it, that was two days into the week, and there was already like a, a shitstorm unfolding. Um, Coca Cola was being accused of like reverse racism. Um, I I don't know why the word reverse is there because racism can be directed towards literally anybody, but. Uh, they were being accused of reverse racism due to this whole anti-white uh, diversity training that they make new employees go through like right after they're hired because a whistleblower posted screenshots of this uh, anti-white slideshow um, that was being used in the course or whatever and posted them on, I think, Twitter. Um, and then we had also more blatant and outright hypocrisy coming from the Biden administration, uh, reopening these migrant facilities at the border to put uh, an estimated 700 to 1,000 more kids in cages. And that comes after Biden repeatedly criticized Trump for it during the debates before he was elected. And I haven't seen a single word from any of these stupid crackhead leftists who were uh, so upset six months ago and, and got this whole save the children uh, hashtag trending on Twitter or whatever. They're nowhere to be found. And then amidst of all of that happening, we just saw last night. Um, so that would have been Thursday night. That we're bombing Syria again, which is the absolute last thing that we wanted to hear. But. In the words of our clown in chief, America is back. Yeah, and it, it's all it's all pretty funny because all of these things are just leftists doing exactly what they blame other people for doing. And it just gets swept under the rug and it's crazy. And this is just kind of what America is going to be back to. It, it was before it was the media is going to be all critical of what the government and what Obviously, like right wing corporations do, but now since uh, all these corporations are left wing, all these uh, big banks that were that people were targeting with uh, uh, what's it called, March on Wall Street or whatever, they've all had like the gay pride and stuff, and now it's it's just leftism in the corporations, leftism in the government, and the media is not going to report on it, and they were just going crazy over Trump and making stuff up even, and now. They are gonna not even care when things are blatant like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I I wanted to start off talking a little bit about this this whole Coca Cola situation because it it got swept under the rug fairly fast. You know, I think a couple people started talking about it, uh, and and you know got some videos and some information out on it pretty quickly, but. Other than that, it kind of got swept under the rug, and I don't think people paid much attention to it. So, you know, like before, I was I was talking about they get accused of this whole reverse racism deal, which is hilarious because it it feeds directly into what we've talked about in uh, other episodes that we've put out. Um, that the left wants to talk about, you know, being anti-racism, but they're obviously the most blatantly racist people that exist. 
So yeah, I'm I'm quoting one of these I'm quoting one of these slides here um, that was posted. So end quote: To be less white is to be less oppressive, be less arrogant, be less certain, be less defensive, be less ignorant, be more humble, listen, believe, break with apathy, and break with white solidarity. Um, and it's hilarious because this first quote is the most blatantly racist thing mentioned because they're attributing all of these negative traits uh, simply to uh, being white. And if you take that quote with what it's implying, so you're taking the opposite of what they're telling you to be, they're basically telling white people that just by the very nature of their skin color, that they're oppressive, arrogant, defensive, ignorant, cocky, and desensitized, and just overall white supremacists. Yeah, and it's pretty funny. Like, it says, uh, like, oppressive and arrogant. So it's, it's pretty much like a loaded statement. But then the rest of it, uh, be less defensive, be less ignorant, be more humble, listen, believe, break with apathy, break with white solidarity. It's like, it's trying to make you just roll over and it's trying to make you, it's just saying roll over and accept our agenda, accept, uh, you know, intersectionality, accept all the diversity, regardless of whether or not it has negative consequences. And um, it's just kind of funny because it, it not all white people had it the same in U.S. history. When you're talking about, especially in the 19th century, Irish and Italians, um, all these different immigrants coming from Europe to the United States had hard time finding jobs and you know people people talk about immigrants now having a hard time and uh obviously these people had to learn a different language and stuff and a lot of people make this argument that the immigrants then are uh were a lot harder working or whatever than the immigrants now i don't know whether or not that's true but um but it it's the same thing they were they weren't treated well when they came here and irish and italians and just other catholics uh they weren't treated well and a lot of uh, examples like Irish need not apply when coming to get jobs in America and just having to work on the railroads with the Chinese, it it wasn't a good pass for them. Yeah, so that's re in reference to the first quote. And so this second quote was, in the U.S. and other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. The research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it is better to be white. And that whole second quote essentially feeds into uh, an, another point that we've, we've made before this, which is that the left likes to falsely give white people this authority and power that they don't possess. Like, they're basically saying that white people are inherently superior to any other race when that's in fact not the case. And simply even claiming that this is somehow uh, diversity training or whatever, you're, it's literally the most racist thing in and of itself. That's true. They want you to be every color but white. They're like, I, I guess white. Well, I guess in terms of science, white is the absence of color but uh or is it all colors i forget i think white is all colors yeah so white people i guess are the most diverse so they have it completely backwards but 
they talk about white people. They they say white people are like like it's one solid group. And like I was just saying, Irish and Italians, uh, you know, a lot of white people they they used to not agree. And look at World War One, World War Two. They're it's it's well mostly all white people fighting together in Europe, and well not fighting together, fighting against one another and killing one another. So um, it, it, it's just crazy. It's like. They want to back you further and further into a corner and make sure everybody's backed into a corner and then just attack you from there. And all of this kind of has BLM undertones and it's just kind of like pushing the blame to others or something like that in a similar fashion. And uh, like I said, just trying to push you in a corner, break you apart or break the family apart or whatever. And that way they can divide and conquer. That way the government or whoever's telling them to do this because obviously they're getting money from these big donors like um i won't name any names but hedge fund managers and stuff like that and um there's some sort of agenda here and obviously the uh some of the blm leaders have said openly that they're marxists and marxists are fundamentally opposed to the family they think that you know you have state comradeship basically in one overarching opinion and it's just crazy that i mean it, it's kind of what i'm saying is kind of like a slippery slope argument that you know coca-cola is just saying we need to be diverse or whatever but you know being less white is it, it's it's saying be less white is just crazy i i mean what what point are we at in reality that people are telling you not to be you know what it's like it's like like you said you say it's a crazy term but reverse racism like if you go back to you know, when slavery was a thing, people might have said, be less black and maybe you won't be a slave or something. And that might have been a thing. I don't know. But now they're saying be less white. And that's, you know, although nobody's being a slave, they basically want to sort of demote you or say that you have less of less weight in society or less of an opinion because you are white. Yeah, so. We had that whole deal with uh, this whole reverse racism thing with Coca-Cola. Um, and then kind of while all of that was going on, we had this whole story come out that uh, these migrant facilities were being reopened at the border. So here we are some six months later on the topic of uh, kids in cages because a certain Joe Biden who consistently just ripped Trump for separating immigrant children from their families and then putting them in uh, these detention centers uh, is now doing the exact same thing with a facility that Trump uh, opened and closed under his administration. And it's like, how much of a hypocrite do you have to be to just shame and ridicule somebody for putting kids in cages and then essentially just turning around and uh, reopening a facility that Trump had already shut down just to do the same thing that you ridiculed him for doing. And it's like, what's funny about this is that uh, Jin Psaki, we've talked about her before, Biden's press secretary, was asked was actually like asked about this. And she says they're simply reopening these facilities as an overflow. But then she goes on to say that their end goal is to reunite them with their families as if that also isn't what Trump said. So like the fact that they're even uh, the fact that they even spin it that way is hilarious because it's the exact same thing that the prior administration did. But now all of a sudden, because they're the ones that are in power, it's OK. 
and and it, we found out so it the first story it was phrased like it was only one detention center and so we found out that that first one was in texas but then there was also a facility in our home state of florida that they've also basically reopened for the same exact purpose so it's like it, it's not just one it there's there's multiple multiple facilities like i i uh, the, I don't even think they'll stop it too. I think there'll be more and they'll just try to sweep it under the rug. They should just put them all in California or put them all. Uh, and people joke about putting a wall around California, California is but, a detention center, <laughs> but people joke. Yeah. And people joke about um, putting a wall about Cal- around California, but ironically they should, because if you can get into there as an illegal, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to do anything and nobody's going to ask you for, uh, official government papers. They're just going to give you whatever state government papers that they can give you, probably. But I mean, at least I've heard that the system is that lax and uh, everybody wants to give you welfare and hand it out and the checks are easy to get and the system is uh, super well oiled for those who don't want to do anything. But, uh, but not only Biden was really railing against Trump, it was obviously almost every Democrat. I mean, it just becomes a thing where the farthest left talking point is where the perspective from where the Democrats are sitting and they're just going to keep keep railing on Trump um, on the campaign trail for the cheap points and saying, oh, you know, Trump's putting kids in cages or whatever. And obviously there were a bunch of Democrats against us. And do you think that uh, I mean, obviously, since Biden thinks it's OK, he's doing it. Do You think that these other Democrats are going to try to impeach Biden, these Democrats that are you know, a lot of them like senators like Klobuchar and stuff. Are they going to go after Biden? I don't. I don't think so. They're they're just going to let slide under the rug. It's it's just you know, back to business for them. Aside from that, I mean, illegal immigration was up under Trump compared to Obama. So let's see if Biden will uh, live up to saving face like that as well, like Obama, while doing what they accuse others of, while doing exactly what Biden and Obama accuse Trump of, of you know putting people in cages and uh, detaining people at the border because obviously Trump let more people through. And I don't know if that's hypocrisy on Trump's part or if illegal immigration was just up in anticipation of there being a wall, but who knows? Um, I mean, another thing is if Trump had built the wall, there would be less kids in cages and there would be, you know, who says there would be, I don't think there would be all legal immigration would be done. There's obviously no way to completely stop that there's problems with like visas and stuff like that but it would obviously stop some sort of uh people coming over it'd be some sort of deterrent and there would be less kids in cages like i said so it's almost like they're setting it up to be where we have open borders and then the people just come in and they detain whoever the hell they want and act like they have law and order but at the same time there's illegals pouring in but also at the same time there's people rotting away in these uh, detainment facilities um but as long as there's states like uh, uh as long as there's like welfare and there's states like california line to do anything to loophole this federal immigration law and creating sanctuary cities and the like I, I like i don't want all this illegal immigration and even a lot of immigration on the massive scale it's just a lot of it even if it may or may not proportionally be these immigrants that are taking all these, you know, federal grants and other things that uh, the states get and like or like state things like welfare and such. Um, 
I don't want to have to deal with that because it's just it just seems like a magnet for people to want to come in that want to suck off these systems. And people just have to understand the right wing argument. And that's what it is, is like I'm a libertarian and a lot of libertarians are open border. But um, I just think that, um, you know, in endgame, that might be fine if all pr uh, uh, property is privatized. But when you have public property, uh, it just becomes this issue where people can come and suck off of it and they don't even have to pay taxes because they just come and they move. Uh, just just think about things like the highways and things like parks or uh, like like homeless facilities and stuff like that. Like if you have just a bunch of people coming into your country and taking that up and it's it's public stuff that they don't have to pay for, then it becomes an issue. And I think that in our current environment in the United States where we have so many freebies and in, in certain states, obviously, like California, they have tons of freebies and they give you an easy ride if you want to just come in. Uh, it's it's becoming a huge issue. And if you talk to people from there uh, that understand even the slightest bit about it, that they know that this is a huge issue. And um, like I said, I don't really care about like the people or whatever, but in in this sort of climate with the laws and stuff that we have now, it's obviously a magnet for magnet for the wrong type of people to come in and getting thrown into that mix is obviously going to be some of the wrong people. And uh, even like Trump said, they're. They're not sending their best, um, and he was misquoted on this. He was like, oh, the rapists are murderers or whatever. But he was just saying that, like, there's some of them. They're not sending their best. It's just that's just what happens when you when you have uh, loopholes in the system, like people, you know, going through, you know, getting around like broken fences and having shitty border security to where, and a welfare magnet to where, you know, the best aren't always going to be sent. You know, the best will be sent if we have. Uh, free market capitalism and the people can can duke it out for the best jobs or the best qualifications not the people who want to just come in and suck off the system so that's just the right-wing argument and people need to understand that and that's how the country is for the time being and a lot of leftists and even a lot of libertarians need to come to the reality that and even some conservatives a lot of conservatives that are that are these rhinos uh, just need to come to this reality that it's it is a real slippery slope that's not like logical fallacy in this in the circumstance like it is a real slippery slope to be opening the borders and and might add blowing up other countries which is uh one of the next things we wanted to get into yeah we were talking about uh we mentioned syria so it, it's honestly not a surprise to either me or tom that once again, we're we're bombing Syria. Me and Tom have talked about this numerous times before Biden got elected, whether that was going to happen or not. Um, and it took, I guess, what, 36 days in office or 36 or 38, something like that for Joe Biden to decide that he was he was going to bomb Syria. Um, and this comes as like he, he's doing these whole multi trillion dollar weapons deals with like private weapons contractors like Raytheon. Um, you know, that he said he he said he wanted to decrease the size of the military industrial complex. And here he is, you know, signing literally every military deal that comes across his desk is it's hilarious and it, it's completely hypocr hypocritical. And there's no surprise there either um, that Biden campaigned really heavily on on being anti-war and promised that he wouldn't be continuing any wars or starting any new ones. Um, yet he 
basically chooses to bomb Syria, much like his good friend Barack Obama did for eight years of his presidency, which, like like we said before, is what he meant by uh, tweeting America is back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's crazy. And they need the uh, the total collusion of the media to just slip that under everybody's nose. Uh, but I mean, obviously, I just said it like the Democrats are everything the Republicans that they say the Republicans are like, uh, you know, you talk about war hawks. The Republicans used to always be painted as these war hawks. You know, you had uh, the Bushes, uh, later, later term Reagan and all this other stuff. But, you know, these Democrats now are all war hawks, you know, like you were saying about Obama, um, you know, Bill Clinton, uh, you know, just going further back in history, FDR, even uh, Wilson, Woodrow Wilson and uh, and LBJ, all all liberals that are I wouldn't say liberals, but all Democrats that were huge war hawks. But it just it just seems to be a theme that Democrats are war hawks and it kind of becomes like almost the go to party for people who think they are liberal or whatever. But. Uh, I don't even think that they know that they're voting for people that are war hawks, which is ironic. And uh, yeah, like it, it, it's just crazy that people vote for these people and then they straight up go and bomb Syria. And I think that uh, people are starting to get pissed off about that already. But, uh, you know, just for example, like talking about America being back. Uh, you know, it's it, it's not just it's not just Democrats. You know, it takes the collusion of Democrats and Republicans meeting in the middle and compromising. And uh, the one thing they agree on is war and not just in Congress, but the presidency. And um, we haven't, by the way, we haven't declared war since World War Two. We've just gone into these other wars pretty much illegally. Um, but uh you know, since 2001, the excuse for being in the Middle East, um, you know, they said we can't leave the Middle East because, quote, they did 9-11. 2003, Saddam has WMDs. 2007, Iraqi civil, civil War. 2009, we've almost won. 2011, we just can't pull out now. <laughs> Sounds kind of funny. 2013, <laughs> they're too unstable. 2013, they're too unstable. 2015, now the problem's ISIS. And uh, 2017, now the problem's Assad. 2019, you know, we got to stay to protect the Kurds. And 2020, uh, you know, stay tuned. And now we don't even know. Yeah. But like, you, I wanted to go back for a second because like we mentioned Barack Obama. And like, that's, I, I want everybody to understand that that's like, he's who a lot of these leftists learned from because the most Republicans by now. Uh, and this kind of goes into my next point that I was going to make, but most Republicans by now kind of understand that these wars in the Middle East have been for oil and not for anything else. And so um, we've seen like a, a lot of Republicans, I wouldn't say all of them, because not all of them understand that yet. But a lot of them have kind of switched to being like, OK, like we're kind of tired of these wars. We want to bring people home like like we saw Trump. Trump was trying to do that. But he, he, you know, he didn't succeed in all all the the different areas he wanted to. But like the the Republicans are kind of becoming the ones that are like anti-war, like we're tired of this. And the Democrats who learned from the Obama administration have now figured out that if they stay in the wars, they can continue to make money. And that brings me into my next point. 
because uh again like we've mentioned in prior episodes it 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 comes back to oil and it comes back to this whole course of action that Biden led with his first day in office which was canceling the Keystone XL pipeline which obviously uh made us d- once again dependent on foreign oil and it was obviously a strategic move to be able to go back into Syria for oil because uh because of the cancellation of the Keystone XL pipeline and you know, guess which pipeline runs through the middle of Syria? It's the Qatar-Turkey pipeline. So it, it's very clear that the motive here is oil. And so, you know, we have Biden doing this whole uh, Syria bombing campaign. And this comes as like, he's, he's running on a platform of putting America first. And yet, a mil- like millions of Americans who have lost jobs because of this whole COVID pandemic, who have been waiting for the relief Biden said would be provided immediately as soon as he got into office, still haven't gotten anything because instead Biden's worried about uh, bombing a Middle Eastern country within 40 days of his presidency. And you got to remember that the whole, the whole reason why we fight all these Middle Eastern wars is, you know, and not only in defense of certain countries like Israel and Saudi Arabia, but to sell weapons, you know, to, to, to basically prop up the weapons industry. Like these politicians are bought off by the weapons industry. And then, uh, you know, they, they start these wars and then, you know, more, obviously more weapons get sold. But then another thing that happens is, uh, we will sell weapons to other countries. So, say if we bring countries into wars or if we start a proxy war like what's going on in Yemen like the the Obama administration sold weapons to ISIS and the Taliban well not directly to ISIS but yeah pretty much just throwing it out blindly to whoever would buy it that said that they were against Assad in Syria so yeah they they basically throw out these weapons and what they do is they 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 give quote unquote uh loans to these countries you know they give them loans to uh do whatever they want with this foreign aid but if they pay if they if they buy weapons with these loans and they don't have to pay them off so it's basically a subsidy for these u.s companies these u.s these uh these weapons makers to be having these wars whether the u.s is fighting in them or uh uh, somebody else's because we're just going to be selling them the weapons and ironically uh you know you're talking specifically about oil you know the whole reason why we'd want to attack other countries is not necessarily to capture their oil because it's not like we're going to go in there always and uh completely occupy them and then set up oil rigs or whatever it's 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 to limit the supply of oil to prop up the price and because the u.s has certain agreements with uh you know opec countries basically to where the point where they have to sell oil in u.s dollars because that that's just how it's denominated and the more that they can pump up the price of oil the more that they can pump up the u.s dollar because more dollars are demanded to buy the oil so that's one of the main drivers for uh demand of u.s dollars is the price of oil so you know attacking attacking all these uh uh countries just randomly like all these middle eastern countries like uh like like syria like like iraq 
with Saddam and like uh, Libya with Gaddafi. It's just it's almost like it's always I mean, it it just seems fishy every time. It's almost like it's always a uh, a check and like the U.S. is trying to exert its power to maintain its dominance when it comes to currencies, when it comes to oil. Yeah. And so obviously everybody uh, should understand by now that uh, the motivation has and always will be oil. And so you have this Qatar Turkey pipeline that's running through Syria. It's very clear that the motive is oil. And people are still out here tweeting things like, no, we're not going to go to war with the Middle East again. Oh, no. How could you how dare you think that Biden would go back to war in the Middle East? Like all, all these stupid things. As recent as two weeks ago, they were saying this stuff. And it's like it's been so crystal clear to the rest of us what the motive was behind all of this. And the Biden administration is now just out here claiming that uh, the bombings were in response to Iranian backed militias uh, attacking U.S. forces overseas. But like yet again, uh, Iran and Syria are both sovereign countries and, and that's why they're attacking us. Like we're literally foreign occupants trying to control other sovereign states like you, you, you really can't justify that. And it it's sad because they're trying to pass off blame. And, you know, like you were mentioning earlier, like all the different things that they've said, like, oh, we'll pull out soon. Oh, no, it's because of ISIS. Oh, no, it's because of all these different things. Like, th- that's just the latest excuse is that now it's because of an Iranian backed militia, but it's really not. It's the same. It's the same exact reason we've been over there for like the last three decades. Yeah. Anybody who wants to check the, the balance of power in the middle East is immediately is immediately like shut down. I mean, the balance of power is, and it's so crazy because, okay. So obviously like the U S is controlling the Americas, and uh, we did a lot in the past couple of decades with you know shutting down communism in South America and stuff. But in the Middle East as well, uh, you know we we do a lot to support this Israel Saudi duopoly, and it's like it's kind of ironic because you know you talk about these uh, Israelis always saying uh, people are coming after us for religion and like all this. Uh, Muslim extremism and people hate Muslims and everything and you know Republicans hate Muslims but you know look you know everybody's you know up in arms with or not up in arms with but just like together in arms with these these Saudi Arabians literally fighting with them together in arms but you know hand in hand with them we're trying to do everything to prop up these two countries and once you see that that's the motive it becomes so obvious what the next move is or what the response is going to be because it it's just it, not everything's random not everything is just like the politicians are making the best choices obviously we've seen that obviously people don't trust politicians when you look at polls when they ask that question um you know people don't think things are getting better year after year even if they vote for these people they don't always think that things are going to get better which is absolutely crazy i don't know why but you just got to see that there's there's a motive behind everything. And obviously, uh, when Biden's just going to go straight back to war, uh, there's a motive behind that. 
And it, it's just kind of funny, like I was saying before about the, you know, you, people vote Democrat because they think they're against the establishment or whatever. But it's just ironic because Biden gets in and who is he appointed to his cabinet? It's all these, uh, you know, like visa executives and the uh, secretaries of state and stuff like that are, are uh, generals and stuff. And it's just it, it's a revolving door. It's just, you know, you, you just go up the, the chain of government and it's it's all swamp creatures. And it's crazy. It's not against the establishment at all. And it's it's all pro-war. It's all pro-big government in every single aspect. Whereas Republicans may be pro-government in some aspects and maybe not in others. Uh, you know, that's debatable. But Democrats are pro-war or I'm sorry, pro-government in almost every single aspect. And that includes war, which is one of the number one, uh, you know, feeders and obviously justifications for government is you know, we have these wars going on. So, you know, what better to unite all the people and not make them question all the debt we're racking up and all the, uh, you know, why people hate us other than just, you know, uniting them. Just all the, sh- all the other shady stuff that they do. Yeah, just anything. Just like things like what the CIA does. Uh, like they were getting away with tons of stuff in the late 20th century. And it's just because they were using it under the, the guise of uh, we're fighting communism. And that's just what the next thing is going to be now is just they're going to say we're fighting insurrection or we're fighting uh, we're we're going back. America's back in the Middle East or whatever. And it's just going to bring back, uh, you know, the old policy of of controlling everything. And for a lot, you know, like, obviously, this whole Syria situation pisses you and I off, uh, Tom, but a lot of people that, you know, either maybe new to uh, libertarianism or just politics in general um, may not have paid attention to this situation at all, you know, in years prior. And there was a, I, I listened to a very, very good um, episode of the Tom Woods show. This episode aired February 18th. It was episode 1838. Um, he did a background episode on the whole Syria conflict and, why the U.S. should stay out of it, pretty much. Yeah, he had Scott Horton, which is another show that uh, you and I both listen to. Um, he had Scott Horton. Yeah, Scott Horton's great with foreign policy. If you're trying to learn anything about history or whatever, he does tons of interviews with people, and uh, he just knows everything. Like he'll say things, and you don't even half the time under can't even follow him if you're not paying. Like if you if you just tune out for a second, you can't follow what he's saying because he'll get into all these like groups or whatever that you don't understand, but he's just a, he's a great resource, but sorry, go on. Yeah. Uh, he, he had Scott Horton on his show, um, and had him kind of give this back whole background lesson on, you know, the whole Syrian conflict, you know, the, the history behind that different reasons as to why, um, that issue still continues to exist. The, cons basically because there are no pros um but the the cons of uh staying in that conflict versus um stopping the conflict or pulling out or doing whatever um you know it was a very and it was a very short episode like you said scott horton tends to he talks very very fast he packs a lot of information into what he talks about and uh it's very difficult to follow him if you don't pay very very close attention to what he's saying um, so that episode, I think, was only, you know, like 30 minutes or something like that. But really, he got he dug pretty deep into the whole 
uh, history behind that conflict and just why we're still dealing with it now. Yeah, and he'll go through and talk about various other conflicts, and that's just, like I said, once you know the history of these things and like the motives, it just doesn't become surprising. So, like this is just a repeat story of multiple countries. They're just gonna keep knocking down one after another as a justification or whatever, whatever they need to make up to, you know, get paid off as a politician and sell the arms and uh, maintain American dominance. But, you know, I, I mean, I'm an American and I care that America does well internationally. But uh, obviously, when we do things like this, uh, we're propping up a U.S. dollar that number one isn't a really reliable currency that doesn't deserve to be propped up. It should be backed by something. But number two, we're just creating enemies a lot of the time. So especially with like Iraq and Afghanistan, we're not ever going to really uh, solve those issues. And especially, you know, things like the Mujahideen is it's just like it's kind of like an ideology and it's kind of like, you know, red blooded Americans or whatever, you know, people that consider themselves patriots just uh, or like libertarians just you know, if, if somebody came in and was trying to mess with my country, like you were saying, it's just gonna, uh, I'm not gonna let up and it's just gonna, you know, constantly agitate me and I'm gonna want to, you know, fight against that. And that's just things that we're going to keep continue running up against because obviously we're not going into these countries to take them over. We're going into these countries to either control a resource or, uh, you know, kind of boss them around and act like, you know, the tagline is democracy. We're going to bring democracy to them. That's all we're going to do. It's like, no, not really. We're going to install whoever the hell we want and uh, tell them to do whatever and then act like we're great on the stage, uh, on the international stage so that other countries don't, that other countries sign on and agree to do things with us like the UN. Yeah, it's like, you're being rescued. Please don't resist. Yeah. Like, it's exactly, it's exactly what they're, what they're doing and it's it just seems like the these wars in the middle east just are never ending and nobody just nobody seems to care enough because they're they're all for some stupid underlying purpose and it's almost gotten to the point like and it's pretty funny because like a couple years ago it was there was like a meme like oh uh kids now are turning 18 that were that are going into a war that's older than them. Like the, the war was started before they were even born. And that, that's just kind of wild. And it almost gets to the point where um, it pretty much has gotten to the point where people forget about these wars and it's not on the front page. It's not a big deal uh, because, you know, we don't have a ton of troops fighting there, but we still do drone strikes and we still uh, sell the weapons and all these other things to provoke those war or uh, s- somehow be involved as uh, United States as a country. And, um, I, I just can't see it getting better. Well, see, and, and to the other problem that I have with this is that I don't know if, if any, anybody else recalls, but like, you know, under the Obama administration, when we started dealing with this really, really bad ISIS problem, which ISIS is an entirely other story that we're not going to get into right now. Um, but you know, when we had this whole ISIS problem under the Obama administration, you know, we were dealing with um, terrorist attacks in the continental U.S. You know, it was like it seemed like it was every other day almost. There's something stupid going on, and what 
leads a lot of these terrorists or these terrorists to come to the U.S. to carry out these bad attacks like like that is basically because these radicals see what the United States does in all these Middle Eastern countries. They get pissed off and say, why are you over here meddling uh, in the affairs of my own country or whatever? How dare you? And they come over here to wreak havoc. And it's like, that's going to start happening again, the more we do stuff like this. And then it, it perpetuates the whole gun control argument because inevitably a, a terrorist attack happens or another mass shooting, and then they're going to blame guns or whatever and take them away from law abiding citizens all because of stuff we're doing overseas. It's a domino effect. You know, Tom yeah. and I, because, you know, we look at things deeper than, I guess, average people. You know, I, I'd like to feel like there are other people like us that are very, you know, attached and uh, immersed in what's going on uh, around them or whatever, that, you know, they take the time to read up on stuff like this and pay attention and everything. Because the further you dive into topics like this topics like the middle east and uh you know all these different foreign wars the more you start to understand that these are just ongoing issues that the government perpetuates so that they can maintain power because then from uh these different things that they perpetuate like war uh they can then create false problems that don't exist like america having a gun problem because we don't yeah, and I actually wanted to say something that kind of segues into that. So yeah, like they're gonna uh and, and that whole issue uh with you know the Middle East and uh you know having this uh reduction, like things like the Patriot Act to where, you know, you do these things in a foreign country, but now as a repercussion because of the blowback of you know what these people in these other countries wanna in these Middle Eastern countries wanna do to us, uh it's gonna reduce our freedoms because they people want to sacrifice freedom for safety so you know things like the patriot act things like gun control like you said when terrorist attacks start ramping up the first thing that they're going to say is uh we need to take away these guns but it you know it's it's funny because it it's just like i was saying on the healthcare episode that it's it's any any problem government just makes it worse and they throw more money at it and they say oh we need to just just this time like it's going to be better we're going to try something different and it's going to be great, and we need more government, then we're going to throw more money at it, and it doesn't work. And then it just perpetuates on and on and on. And, uh, you know, you just keep losing your freedoms, like your freedom to choose insurance and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much anything that government does. Like, you give them more money, and the more freedom you lose. It's so crazy, and I don't know why people sign on to it. Yeah, like, to think that people own property and the government still can tell them whatever they can tell them whatever they want. And the person has to obey because otherwise they get arrested. Like to think the government has the power to do stuff like that is just ridiculous. And the fact that we're back in Syria again, with no congressional approval is just, it's not surprising at all. It's bonkers. Like whatever happened to like, they talk about, you know, taking an oath to the constitution, like swearing or whatever. And, you know, like whatever happened to just, just anything, like there's no rule of law, obviously. Like there's like, what's the point of being extremely like 
pro like American government being like, oh, like I'm jazzed up. Like I'm super proud of like everything America does. Like it's stupid. Like I don't like I understand why people at a certain maybe a certain time in American history might have been duped into fighting uh, wars in foreign countries. But just like now with everything that's going on, and especially like Trump waking people up to uh, or at least average people up to um, him and Ron Paul up to like all these foreign wars and how bullshit they are. You know, I, I don't really, there's no excuse to really be in the military uh, or at least like in, like in a position that's fighting foreign wars because there's, it's just so crazy. You're, you're basically just being a pawn in this crazy game that uh, they don't care if you're dead or alive. It just, you know, they want some macro numbers to go up. Yeah. It's ridiculous at this point. And I, I really hope that, you know, especially for people that don't understand the history behind this conflict, I really would like y'all to go over to the Tom Wood show and listen to that episode because it was very, um, I, I majored in international affairs. That's what, that's what my bachelor's degree was in. And, you know, I learned a lot about these different Middle Eastern conflicts, a lot about different conflicts America has had in Europe and other areas of the world. Um, but Scott Horton dove very, very deep into that subject, even more so than I had learned in college. So the fact that there was even more to the history of that conflict than I had learned through the educational system, I mean, obviously that's not surprising either, but just the fact that uh, I got as much information as I did in just the 30 minute time span was pretty impressive and um, very eye-opening to the, you know, the uh, backstory behind that conflict. So definitely go and check out that episode. Uh, I, I think that's all we have for you guys this week. But, you know, things moved pretty quickly this week. We, uh, we had a lot of different stuff happen, you know, just over the course of a couple of days. So I definitely think the, the next show will have some more, you know, talking points, some more uh, information that obviously the media doesn't cover uh, a lot of this stuff or cover it as much as they should because everything just gets swept under the rug now. But yeah, so we'll, we'll be back next week with some more great content for you guys. Until then, y'all be easy. Peace. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Free For All podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the show to keep up to date with all of the latest content. Peace.